This is Charger Rundown on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. I'm Jake Sievers, here with your one-stop shop for all things Hillsdale College sports. The Hillsdale College women's tennis team picked up a huge victory on the road, beating Walsh University 7-0 Saturday afternoon in North Canton. The win makes the Chargers 9-2 overall and 3-0 in the GMAC. All right, we now welcome on to Charger Rundown, an extremely special guest, the one, the only, the people remember him from his uh, his great performance uh, a few weeks ago. Michael Zabo, I'm going to say top 200 men's tennis player in the country. Is that fair to say, Mike? For D2, I will accept that, yep. Top 200, good. What What's the lowest number that you'll accept? Uh, 150, 100? Uh, not 100. Uh, let's let's keep it between 100 and 200. 100 and 200. So uh, yep. the the number 150, uh, 150th ranked tennis player in D2 uh, in the entire country. How does that feel to be so accomplished at such a young age? You know, for for such a fake award, it honestly feels really good. I you know been working at it my whole life to get here and just to get this recognition on this show. Uh, it means a lot. We're all for giving, giving away just strange things. That's, that's one of the things that I love most. Um, so Mike, you're on the bus right now, right? Yes. On the bus coming back from a huge victory against yep. arch nemesis. Some would say Walsh. Uh, so yeah. how, how was the match today? Uh, it was good. We, we knew it was going to be tough. Um, they're they're one of our conference rivals and also a team that, uh, you know, they don't really like us. We don't really like them. Um, so it kind of it builds up a lot during the week, and uh, we knew we had to bring it today. And we started out really strong uh, getting the doubles points, and we just continued that in singles and made pretty quick work of it, actually. So what was the final? Uh, final score was 4-1. And did you have the clinching point? I did, yes. Okay, well done. How did that feel to know that you did your job and everyone got to go home happy? Yeah, no, it was cool. Uh, I knew like all the other guys were, we had already gotten a couple wins. Uh, so I think I, yeah, I knew that my match would probably clinch it um, if I took it right there. And I was actually down in the second set pretty significantly. Uh, but I, I played well towards the end of the match and really didn't want to have to play an extra set. So worked out well. What's your go-to move, I guess, when you know that you need a point and you, you've been keeping something in your back pocket, uh, what what do you bust out for the competition? Uh, I try to go with a, a high, heavy forehand to the, the opponent's backhand and try to get a mistake on that. How often does that work out? Uh, it works out quite a bit um, against the right opponent, but you know everybody's different. Some people have really good backhands, so you have to kind of tweak tweak the plan based on who you're playing. But yeah, when I mean when it when it's working well, it works really well. Basically, all that I want to know is well, I'll preface this with me saying that I play quite a bit of tennis when I go to Alabama for Christmas break. Okay. against my brother and my dad. So you keep that in mind. Um, how many points would I get against you if we played in a regular match? 
and I'm playing with my dominant hands. You are going 100% all out as the number 150 tennis player in the country that you are. Um, uh, I'd give you, I think you win less than five. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, are those all like errors on you? Could I, it, would it be impossible for me to hit anything by you? Yes. I, and that's, I mean, that's, kind of something that I work on with my game like in again in real matches I don't like it when people hit winners on me okay um but yeah no like it's it's so easy to make mistakes in tennis so even against you know someone like you who doesn't play if I that's not fair I I I told you I told you I prefaced the question by me saying that I play with my brother and my dad quite frequently for for one week out of the year okay well Somebody playing with somebody against you know your skill set. Uh, okay. E- even even if you're not exactly at the level that we would play against normally, it's still very hard to just have you know a perfect match that rarely ever happens. Mm-hmm. Um, tennis is a very stop and start sport. Uh, it's not super fluid. You're always cutting back and forth. How right. how do you not just destroy your ankles every match? Um. I mean, for most of us, this is what we've been doing for, you know, 10, 10 ish years now. So our bodies are guys, uh, some guys need like ankle braces. One of our guys on the team uses them on both ankles, uh, cause he's just a giant and has bad, bad bones. But, <laughs> um, you know, we're, we're kind of used to it and we practice, you know, all week, every single day. So, you build up the stamina, but definitely at the beginning of the season, you feel it a lot more. It's it's tough on the legs for sure. Uh, my name's Jake Sievers. You're listening to Charger Rundown on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Uh, on the horn right now is Michael Zabo, self-proclaimed top 150 uh, tennis player in the country. Very self-proclaimed. He agreed to it. Um, Mike, what's your personal record on the season? I honestly have no idea. Okay. It's, it's more, it, I think we don't really focus on that. It's more the mm. team's record that we're kind of looking at. Big team guy. Okay. So last time we had you on, you were coming off of a huge victory against Ferris State. Ferris State yep. was ranked at the time, right? Uh, yes. I believe they were 22 in the country. Okay. So you guys were undefeated, and since then you've had a little bit of a rough patch. Right now you sit at ten and five, which is still a yep. still a good record, or eleven and five, uh, including today. So a very respectable record. But uh, what happened when you sort of hit a little bit of a rough patch at the beginning of March? Yeah. So after the Ferris match, we actually had um, a couple injuries that sort of shook up our lineup quite a bit. Um, one of our guys is out for the year he tore his hamstring uh so that he was a a big um you know he was big in both singles and doubles and then uh actually right after the ferris match i was out for about 10 days uh with a messed up shoulder so the first the first match we lost on the season we were playing with a pretty depleted lineup um but i mean the, the teams we've played and the teams that we've lost to have all been solid teams we had a loss on spring break against st leo and i think they're top 10 if not top five in the country um this this most recent loss that we had against grand valley they're they're a really solid team 
top to bottom. Um, so none of our losses, I don't think, have been really big disappointments. I mean, some of them have been really close, and we know that we can beat some of the teams that we've lost to. But, you know, for, for, for where we are right now in the season, I think we're all pretty happy with, with the wins that we've had. What are we looking at as far as postseason is concerned? Um, so, well, it, it's tough to say now. We'll obviously be in the GMAC tournament at the end of the year, uh, and that's, that's still going to be tough. We'll have to play maybe Walsh again, but still probably Finley or Tiffin too, and they're both solid teams, uh, which we still haven't played in the regular season yet. So we'll have a better idea uh, in the next few weeks with where we really sit in the conference. Um, hopefully we end up, you know, winning the conference and then winning the conference tournament and looking ahead towards NCAAs because that's, you know, that's been our goal for the last few years that we, we just missed it last year. We were the last team out. Um, so right now I think that's really what we're striving for. Was there a little bit of, uh, a conspiracy last year as to why you (laughs) didn't, why you didn't make it? It's, it's tough to say. We had some wins, um, that the team that made it above us didn't have uh and a lot of i think a lot of teams and coaches throughout the conference um or throughout the region thought we were going to make it um but you know that things happen and it's it's up to a committee i think so they obviously thought we you know we were out and and that's fine i mean it just gives us more to fight for this year you're listening to Charger Rundown on Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM. On the phone right now is Michael Zabo, a member of the men's tennis team. Uh, so, Mike, you guys went to Orlando for spring break. How was that? It was a lot of fun. Played a little tennis. Yeah. Uh, did you hit the beach at all or strictly tennis? So it, we, had, uh, we had three matches spread out throughout the, I think, six, six days that we were there. Um, so our off days were kind of at weird times. Um, but yeah, we, we did have like a full day off in between two of the matches where a lot of the guys went to the beach. Some of the guys went to, uh, I think Disney world. So it's definitely a, a cool trip. Would a Disney world trip as the tennis team get paid for by the tennis program? No. Part, part of the tickets oh, I think, were. Oh, okay. Well, under yeah. the table. We don't have to talk about it on the air. That's okay. Um, no, I, I think it's, it's something with money donated specifically for spring break. I don't okay. know. I, I don't want to say anything wrong. But <laughs> we're, we're above board. Oh, okay. Of course. I mean, it's Hillsdale, of course. Um, right. So do people sleep on the – like, are people asleep by you right now? It was a long day, and you're you're – you're getting back in Hillsdale like 11, right? So what do you guys do on the bus? Yeah, uh, r- coming right from the match, you know, the guys are just talkative and we're talking about the matches and everything. We had a lot to talk about today because, you know, the Duke and Michigan State game. We will touch on that. Ended. I promise yeah, you we will touch on that. Right after our match, we were talking about that. But, yeah, it's dark now and most guys are just listening to music and probably trying to fall asleep. Yeah, uh, a little sick of you yammering on the phone yeah i don't i don't think uh, most people have headphones in one of the guys is watching Fortnite videos so <laughs> everybody's doing their own thing just casual guy stuff all right so yeah. uh so the lead was delayed a little bit because 
I am beaming right now. I've been off and on crying all day, uh, just in anticipation for the Michigan State Duke game. And then when Michigan State won, it was it was just a moment of pure joy and pure ecstasy. Um, did you know what was going on during the tennis match at all, or were you just focused on tennis? So there was one little TV on like this little uh, balcony kind of thing. I was overlooking the courts, and I was four courts away. So I mm. could like see when they would put like headshots of the guys. Like I saw Zion's picture a couple times, of and course. I only were seeing Duke guys, so I assumed like Duke was blowing them out. Um, and I probably shouldn't say this, but I did check the score twice during, and <laughs> it was. <laughs> um, so I was kind of keeping track. But then right when we were done, there was like ten seconds left in the game, and. I thought Michigan State was down, but they were actually up by two, and Duke just got the ball back, and so we got to see like the last, you know, the last big possession. Okay, uh, how soon after the clock hit zero did you think of me? I honestly wasn't thinking of you at all. I mean, I <laughs> on our show uh, locker room talk last week, I I predicted this. I thought that Michigan State was going to beat Duke. I picked them in my bracket to win it all. Um, the bracket group that I was in, almost everybody picked Duke. So now I'm in first, and I'm going to continue to stay in first, and that feels really good. So I wasn't really thinking about you, more of my own victories today and how it was all coming together right at one time. So, yeah, let's plug our show real quick. So if you guys have li- – if you've liked this casual back and forth about uh, about sport D1 and professional sports, which we will talk about professional sports soon, um, listen to Locker Room Talk. It's also on this station – uh, and it airs on Tuesdays, and it's also on SoundCloud and in Apple Podcasts. It's a great show, 44 minutes. So Mike, myself, Jake Sievers, and Martin Peterson, who is another co-host of Charger Rundown, not here tonight. So thanks for leaving me out to dry, Martin. Um, so I ask you, how soon did you think of me? Because when all of the news regarding the Browns broke during spring break, I couldn't help but think about you as a massive Browns fan. Uh, so what's the expectation for the Browns next summer or n- next season? Well, let me just say really quick. I, I did think of you once I went on Twitter, but when I really think of you, I think of the Bloomin' Onion, and okay. I don't equate you with any sports teams anymore because that's just your new identity. Really? That's very hurtful. I think of myself more as a Michigan State and Packers fan than I do and an aspiring bloom and onion at the Outback Bowl, um, but I guess that's just public perception. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what what was the question about the Browns? Just the Browns, like you you got OBJ, Jarvis, yep. uh, Nick Chubb, and then Kareem Hunt. After seven games, obviously we know what Baker is capable of doing, and now he'll have a full season of Freddie Kitchens. Uh, the yep. defense is going to be spectacular. What are the expectations? You know, I. I think it's tough to really expect a lot um, right away just just because of the history of the team. You know, obviously the the whole the offense is stacked. Um, you'd like to say that the AFC North is in the bag, but it's, it's tough to say. I mean, the, the Steelers are obviously going to be down. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to think that people will be able to uh, plan for the Ravens more and uh, controlling um, Lamar Jackson. But it's going to be tough. I really think they have to be able to grind out the tough games, which they they did do pretty well last year, which was surprising because that's 
a lot of those games that the Browns won last year were games that the Browns just don't win. Yeah. Um, so I think they need to get off to a really good start. I think Kitchens, um, I don't think he'll necessarily be in the hot seat, but I think there'll be a lot of scrutiny if they, you know, start out going, you know, two and five or something like that. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I really, really hope this is the year that we see them win the AFC North and make a playoff run because if they, if not this year, I don't know when it's going to happen. Yeah. I, it's, it'll definitely be hard to, Stay level-headed. I know I said it on our show a few, a few weeks ago, probably possibly a month ago, but I don't think that there is a team right now that would be more fun to cheer for than the Cleveland Browns. Like I don't know of anyone in the maybe the Patriots, but is winning the Super Bowl every single year really that exciting? I don't know. I would rather just have all these up and comers, uh, and it's still a mystery what they're going to be able to do. So. Right, I think there's a ton of potential, and they're just going to be really fun to watch. I mean, there's huge personalities all over the place on on this team, and hopefully they all kind of mesh and not conflict, but it seems like all the guys have a really good chemistry already. So, um, you know, I, I think you're going to get a lot of bandwagon Browns fans this year. Seeing OBJ in the Browns gear on his Instagram story, I was like, okay, like this is real. And the amount of dancing that's going to be happening uh, on the sidelines or even on the field every single game, like the, the Browns are going to be must-watch TV, not only for what happens on the field, but also off the field, uh, just because they have so many electric personalities. Absolutely, yeah. And I think it's good because they're going to get more primetime spots this year. Um, and, you know, they're just going to have to come out and, and shine in those big in those big spots. Uh, I don't think anybody's going to be backing down from the spotlight, especially Baker. I think mm-hmm. he's going to be able to lead the team. And, you know, I, I think it's going to be a good year. How about that? The Brownies making some major noise. Um, all right, so tennis. Uh, let's go back to tennis. So you've got a nice little six-day break, and then you've got a back-to-back at Spring Arbor and then home against Kentucky Wesleyan. So during during these uh, during these six games, um, do you guys watch film at all, or is it just practicing? And do you know your opponent's tendencies, or what's the scouting like? Yep. So uh, I think we're going to get a couple days off, um, just because we had a had a long weekend starting on Thursday, and then you know having to play again uh, today. So once we get back to practice, um, you know, coach does a really good job with kind of seeing what we sort of struggled with in our last matches and what we need to improve on. So um, we normally have a pretty good plan going into the week about what we need to work on. Um, and we, we do look at, you know, past results of the teams that we're playing, but normally we just, you know, go out there and try to work on our games and don't really focus so heavily on the opponent. Okay. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I know that tennis is a little bit difficult to scout for. Um, so I have one final question, and this has been bugging me literally the entire interview. Uh, so you said today you won four to one, right? Yes. How does the scoring work at all? Because I see some yeah. game. I see some, like the in Orlando, you guys won six yeah. to one uh, against Davis and Elkins. You won five to zero at Grand Valley, lost five to two. So what are you playing yeah. to in tennis? Yeah. Um, so. Normally, if we play a full match out, we start out with three doubles matches, and whoever wins two out of the three gets one point. 
Um, normally we play seven, it'll be seven points in total because after the three doubles matches, you play six singles matches. So that's why you would see scores like seven, zero or five, two. Um, and normally it would just be first, to, you know, first to four technically wins the match. But normally we play all the matches out today. Mm. We only played until somebody clinched. So whichever team got to four first, uh, we just stopped the other matches. And that's just something that both coaches agree on beforehand. Normally it's situations like this where we knew we weren't going to get home until late. So, you know, trying to save some time or... I think in the conference tournament, we technically always played a clinch, too. Okay. All right. Thanks for clearing that up, Mike. Yep. Okay. Well, uh, this has been great. And this is, what, your third time on Charger Rundown? I think so. I Second time this year, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so whatever it is, we'll get you a T-shirt that says recurring guest. And you'll just be, you'll be our Sunday go-to. If we can't get anyone better, uh, I'll just call you up. That, that works for me. Beautiful. All right. I'll see you tomorrow in the booth for Locker Room Talk and have a lovely ride home. Sounds good. Thanks, Jake. Thanks, Mike. Big thank you to Mike and thank you all for listening. I'm Jake Sievers, and this has been Charger Rundown on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM.